0: Can you learn product management from bullet points? Well, no, or yes, or maybe. If you follow me or other product management people on LinkedIn, you know there are a lot of posts about product management. They're short and pithy, often presented in bullet points, including my posts, of course, although not all of them are as short and pithy as I aim for, but some people ask that question. Can you really learn product management by bullet point? In other words, are these LinkedIn posts worth writing, worth reading? hi you're listening to episode 140 of the secrets of product management podcast i am your host nils davis in today's episode some thoughts about learning product management and let's admit a bit of a reaction against some people's ideas about what ways of learning are legitimate but first as i discuss in episode 136 increasing your luck surface area if you hang around with people who are positive and supportive and always looking out for one another and open to new experiences then you are more likely to perceive the world as full of opportunities and to be able to take advantage of them, that is, to increase your luck surface area. Well, a great opportunity for you to start surrounding yourself with those kinds of people is my weekly Secrets of Product Management meetup. It happens on Friday mornings, Pacific time at 8 a.m. If you'd like to attend, it's free. Go to secretsofpm.com meetup and get on the notification list. That's the only thing I use that mailing list for, reminding people about the meetup every week. Again, that's secretsofpm.com meetup. And if you are asking yourself, how can I improve my product management skills and start having more impact in my work and in my career, like applying all these ideas that Nell shares in the podcast, it might be a good time to talk to me about my 12-week coaching program called Product Manager Grad School. This is a personalized tutorial and coaching program where you will learn and apply the types of power skills I talk about on this podcast, from storytelling and persuasion to the minimum viable product knowledge that's critical for successful go-to-market to to the specific tools you need to crush your day-to-day challenges. So go to pmgradschool.com to sign up for a free consultation. That's a call, coaching session, it's got everything all mixed in, and you can get that at pmgradschool.com or check the show notes. PM.com slash 140 for all these links and more. Now, let's talk about the educational value of bullet points. Now, when I put a bullet point into a post, I don't expect it to instantly make the reader, that is you, a great product manager. I'm talking about bullet points like these that I've posted over the past few months, and I'll just read out a couple of examples. One of them was from a post on how to appear confident. I said in the bullet, be prepared to say, I don't know, Admitting forthrightly to not knowing something is a sign of confidence. The general rule is don't make stuff up. If you don't know the answer to a question, you can say so. In fact, you might have heard me talk about this in the last episode, 139 of the Secrets of Product Management podcast, same topic. Another bullet point, just as an example, and this is from my post on the five W's and an H, the next time you're talking with a customer, try out, tell me more or and then what, and see what happens. You'll be amazed. Now, this is in the context of asking questions and doing market discovery. And of course, the five W's and an H, a topic which I don't think I've done a podcast episode on, and I probably should. Uh, The five W's and an H are who, what, when, where, why, and how. So five W's and an H, and I also tag on those last two little bits, which are the tell me more and and then what continuation questions. Now, the point of all of these things, when I give you tips and bullet points in my articles, is to give you maybe a new mental model or a new way of acting, a new tool, a way to maybe change your thinking or to take action on. I think that these bullet points are useful. I wouldn't put them out there. Now, I don't think that You will learn to become a great product manager by simply reading 20 bullet points. For one thing, there's a scale problem, and I'll talk about that in a few minutes. The other thing about it is that simply reading something once doesn't make you an expert, right? You actually have to take action on it. Oftentimes, you have to hear it multiple times. And in fact, that does happen on LinkedIn because you see lots of different people posting lots of different bullet points, many of which are overlapping. Some are contradictory, and that's a whole other thing. How many bullet points would one need to learn and apply to get much better at product management? Well, obviously, in some ways, that's a question with no answer, but here's like a little thought experiment. I believe that fewer than 100 good quality tips assiduously applied would significantly improve your skills as a product manager. For each of these topics that I'm going to list, you'd want 10 or a dozen tips, meaning mental models, ways of taking action, techniques, and things. And this might be tips about well, here's like 10 or 11 different topics that you would want to become as a product manager. They're important for you to become good at. And maybe there's 10 or 12 specific things that would make you, help you be a lot better in these areas. So, for example, leading by influence. There's probably 10 or 20 tips you could get on that that are be bullet points. Market and customer discovery. Working with developers. How to communicate more clearly. How to take your product to market working with other organizations, sales and marketing, prioritization and how to make better decisions, and creativity and how to get out of a creative slump and be more innovative. So improving incrementally in all of those areas will definitely result in a level up for you as a product manager and for your product and for your team, everybody that you're involved with. And now the question is, can you do that by reading a bunch of tips? Well, the hard part is obviously not reading those tips, but it's applying the tips, acting on them. And this depends both on the quality of the tips, if they're actionable or just aspirational, and your ability to make them your own and apply them in your situation. Because, you know, there could be a tip like always be thinking about the problem. That's a fundamental thing that we have to do as product managers. But literally, what does it mean? It, it really is about putting a mental model in your head that says, oh, whenever I'm thinking about something related to my product, whether it's a prioritization decision or a way of communicating to the market or whatever it might be, let's make sure to keep that problem that our product solves as one of the key things we keep in mind. I think that the idea of the tips, some people's problem with the tips is that they're very simple. They tend to be simplistic, like always keep the problem in mind. That's a simplistic statement of kind of a deep, a deep way of thinking, right? As I tried to st- expand on a little bit just now, Thinking about the problem has a lot of implications, it's, and it's, it's not just thinking about the problem. It means actual things you have to do to make that little aphorism, that little one-liner, be something that makes a difference in how you behave. The flip side of that is if you don't think about the problem in most situations, you are not going to be as good a product manager. So there's a very real sense in which that is a fundamental true thing that you have to get into your brain. And that's why it, it makes a good bullet point, because if you see it multiple times, you're going to hopefully start to incorporate that into your thinking. I also like to think about the other ways of learning product management that are not bullet points. Like, So what are some of those ways? Here's a list. So learning on the job, of course, is how most of us get most of our training, if you can even call it training. In fact, having a great mentor or working in a company that has a great product management process is perhaps the best way to learn product management, although it also is a very time-consuming way. It certainly is the best that most of us can hope for at any rate, in terms of some of the more complicated and deeper parts of product management. Obviously, there's books about product management. I have a book about product management, and there's lots of other books about product management in addition to mine, and of course, related topics like business management, strategy, communication, creativity, innovation, decision-making, all those sorts of things. Those are all really valuable to learn. Of course, we know one thing about a lot of these books, not every one of them, is that maybe those should have been articles instead of books. Um, You can listen to podcasts like this one. I have lots of podcasts that have lots of guidance for how to think about product management and how to do stuff, of course. And there's many other podcasts about product management as well. Some of us are lucky enough to have gotten a course or two at some point, and there are courses about product management. There didn't used to be when I was Coming up as a product manager, there really weren't any courses, but there are a lot of options for courses now. And of course, there's always coaching and various levels of training. Those are excellent ways to ramp up your impact quickly, focusing specifically on the issues and challenges that you have right now. I'm a coach and my clients feel that they get a great ROI from working with me, but it is expensive and it's perhaps not for everyone. So, The question of the day is, though, are these other methods intrinsically better for learning than bullet points in a LinkedIn post? And that's sort of the the point of this episode. Are these other methods intrinsically more worthy of consideration than the snippets that are spewed out by content creators like me? Well, my conclusion is I don't think so. Obviously, I don't think I'd be putting them out there if I thought they were useless. I believe bullet points have their place. And learning by bullet points has some advantages even over those other methods. The thing about bullet points is that it's just one way of learning product management, which is mostly, as we already know, learn by doing. But if you have some good mental models as you do it, it can go faster, it can go better. And like I said, focus on the problem. It's a simple epithet. It's not exactly right, but it's directionally a good way to go. And it's basically a way to Get your brain thinking in the right way as a product manager. For sure, if you lose focus on the problem, then bad things will start to happen, right? We all know that. If we focus on our technology instead of on the problem, that it means it makes it harder to sell. Because customers aren't that interested in technology. They're really interested in solutions to problems they have. And if we stop talking about the problem and start talking about our technology, customers lose interest or prospects do. You know, this happens to me. It's a really easy thing to forget about to focus on the problem. So you want that reminder to be coming into your brain all the time. You know, I always think, oh, I've got this cool thing to share. But then I forget about the problem that my thing solves, and I can't get anybody interested in it. One way to think about these bullet points is that it's really education in the form of, I've said this before, actually, mental models and aphorisms. So why do it that way? Well, there's several reasons. One of them, as we know, and I mentioned this earlier, most business books are kind of out of control they're kind of corrupt, a whole book for an idea, and even the techniques that could probably fit into an article, and in some cases, even a blog post. I'm a little bit overstating the case, and certainly there are definitely exceptions to that generalization. For example, Chip and Dan Heath's books are exceptions. They're full of good information throughout. And sometimes it's just cool to read a book-length treatment of a topic because there are so many stories and each of those stories also kind of turns into a little mental model as well. An example of that is I'm thinking of Range by David Epstein. The basic idea that generalization is good and leads to innovation is pretty simple, and it's really an article-length concept. But most of the book is filled with great stories and examples of how this plays out, and a lot of that makes it makes for a fun read that's worth the time. And, of course, each of the stories then kind of works its way into being a mental model in your arsenal or it contributes to the ones already there. It sort of flushes them out. But the point is that, well, let's not put the bullet points down because there's other things to think about. Like, definitely people learn in different ways, right? Some of us learn by reading a lot of books. Some of us like learning by going to lectures. Some people like learning in little bits and bytes. And some of us learn in a lot of different ways. One thing that we know that's actually really good for learning is what's called spaced repetition, seeing the same thing over and over again, basically. And bullet points in LinkedIn posts are kind of great for that because there is a lot of repetition. You know, I might put an article out where I've got the bullet point focus on the problem, but, you know, 10 other people are going to be writing that same point as in the next couple of weeks. And so you, if you're looking at product management posts on LinkedIn, you're going to see that type of thing often. Now, over time, all those little spurts of product management training turn into... Wow, I know a lot about product management, especially if you're applying the ideas. Are there complicated and even complex topics that are hard or impossible to put into bullet points? Maybe, maybe not. The topic that comes to mind for me is statistics and metrics and and analytics in general. For example, there are so many caveats related to statistics. For example, and it would take me probably a whole episode to explain this in detail, not just a few bullets, understanding why the so-called normal distribution the one where all our intuition is about averages and mean and mode, is often not a good way to think about the data we get as product managers. The flip side is that if you have a complex topic, it doesn't matter how many words you put down, you won't capture it completely with all of its relationships and implications and caveats and conditions. But given that, mightn't putting at least the key ideas into a few bullet points be a good way to proceed a little at a time? Like, for example, don't expect all the data that you collect as a product manager in terms of analytics on your product or whatever it might be, don't expect that to fit into a normal distribution. What does that mean? You might have to have a few more bullet points. The, the goal is to say you may need to learn a lot more about statistics than you currently know if you want to make use of some of the types of data that you collect because your intuitions that are, arise from the fact that standard distributions are common do not apply. So basically, you're taking in a bit of the chaos of statistics, a little bit of it day by day. So it's an interesting idea for learning statistics through bullet points, I guess. The other thing is, if you compare like the bullet points that you get, as a, again, you got a flood of these on LinkedIn, to product school. Product school has a curriculum. Like product school, if you're not familiar, is, a, is a, a training course that you can take. It's a, it's a fixed curriculum. The instructors really teach to the curriculum primarily. How much room is there in that model for a lot of real complexity? Well, not that much. And it's, there's certainly not much room for real individualization of the curriculum. You know, there's a cohort and pretty much everybody in the cohort is taught the same thing, roughly the same thing at any rate. There might be a little bit of individualization, but primarily it's the same thing. Now, what about bullets? Do they do a better job of complexity? Well, not by themselves. But if a lot of different people are putting out a lot of different bullets, then it gives you, the reader, a lot of information to triangulate from. And so let's think about the end game. What are three things that I can recommend people do to put these ideas into practice? Well, first of all, follow a lot of people on LinkedIn or wherever you get your product management insights. And I can put a list of people I think are worth following in the show notes at secretsofpm.com slash 140. Consider... Considering the value of spaced repetition for learning, you want to see the ideas over and over again. Second thing, set your expectations. Each of these people will post about all the common topics like road mapping and prioritization and storytelling and market discovery, et cetera. And their posts will all take different perspectives using different stories and metaphors, and they often disagree. And your job is to consider this your challenge, to come up with your own intuitions about product based on the wide-ranging and contradictory information you're getting. You'll eventually start to recognize ideas that you don't agree with, even if you respect them and their authors. You'll start to understand how a particular person's perspective is limited in a particular way, and how to add your own insights to make their perspective stronger. Finally, recognize that bullets are, of course, just one mode of learning, and much of your learning is going to happen elsewhere. On the job, so find a mentor or a model to follow from books, of course, including mine. I'm not shy about saying that I have a book called The Secrets of Product Management. No, it's not called that. That's the name of the podcast. I'm not shy about saying I've got a book called The Secret Product Manager Handbook. It's a handbook that you always thought people had, but you never could find it because it was secret. That's what I mean by the name. You can learn from YouTube videos. In fact, I often recommend a particular video by Kathy Sierra as the single best hour of training on product management that I know of. I'll put a link to that video in the show notes. It would be hard to put that video into bullet point form. Although there's another Kathy Sierra piece I recommend often called a crash course in learning theory. It was originally published many years ago on her creating passionate users blog. And it is basically an illustrated series of bullet points. So those are three things you can start working on over to you now. Do you feel you've gotten better at product management through reading and applying tips like those in my LinkedIn post and those of other product product management thought leaders? Do you have a preferred method of learning about product management? Are there methods that don't work for you? Let me know in the comments on this episode at secretsofpm.com slash 140. I also recommend again that you sign up for my weekly product management meetup on Friday mornings. Go to secretsofpm.com slash meetup to get on the mailing list and I'll send you the details. And if you're tired of bullet points and want to get intense focus on your specific challenges, consider my product management grad school. Go to pmgradschool.com for more information. If you liked this episode, share it with your friends, colleagues, and peers. Make sure to rate and review the podcast on Apple iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. Your ratings and reviews help other listeners find the show. You can always leave comments on the show page or drop me a line on LinkedIn. I'm on there nearly every day. And until next time, this is Nels Davis. Bye-bye.